Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. All available at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury and sunburymotors.com. Big day for Penn State, of course, with the Pro Day being today. And lots of heat coming out of there, especially from Jason Holway and Micah Parsons with their red-hot 40 times, both running four threes. And for their size, obviously that being insane, that's been the top story coming out of Pro Day today. And we'll hear from them a little bit later on in the show Oway running a 4-3-6 unofficial time. Micah Parsons running a 4-3-9. They both looked very, very good, but Oway especially probably had the best day out of everybody between that and the three and code and drill, other, his other pass rushing abilities that I was able to show off for today. So Jason Oway was a projected very early day two pick, but he may have just put himself in the late day one conversation. Very, very interesting. And, of course, Micah Parsons keeps himself in the top ten category. Pat Frymuth worked out today, too. Didn't do any of the 40 times or anything like that, but he did catch passes and seemed like things went well on that end today for the tight end. So lots of good stuff today from the from the from the Penn State Pro Day, and Steve will have all those thoughts coming up. Frank Bodani from the York Daily Record always gives us some good perspective, and he's going to join us today on the show as well. NBA trade deadline has come and gone, and the Sixers did make a move. George Hill heading to the Sixers from the from OKC. It's a three-team deal with the Knicks as well. The Sixers are giving up Tony Bradley and second-round picks in 2025 and 2026. Terrence Ferguson is also leaving the Sixers as well. So Kyle Lowry, the big story here is Kyle Lowry is still with the Raptors. He did not get traded as of the deadline. 
There were lots of talks with the Sixers and Miami, but apparently the Sixers weren't willing to give up what Toronto was asking for, and they were asking for some outrageous prices. I think they were asking for two first-round picks, Batiste Thibel, maybe even a guy like Tyrese Maxey, and if I'm the Sixers, I'm not making any of those moves, especially giving up Tyrese Maxey. I mean, that kid is your future right there. And, of course, Matisse Thibel's been a key contributor off the bench, especially defensively. So I think the Sixers did good not making that move. And George Hill will help out, be a good facilitator, and can score on the offensive side of things. Gives the Sixers some more depth, so I'm fine with that move. Other moves today, Nick Vucevic going from the Magic to the Bulls. And oh, just before the deadline, sakes. Rondo oh, went for, to the Clips. Oh, for goodness sakes. Okay, here's the bottom line. Okay, the bottom line is Embiid is still a Sixer, LeBron is still a Laker, and Curry is still with the Golden State Warriors. Nothing of significance happened in the NBA trade, the trade deadline. <laughs> no. Well, that's, that's what I just said. The big trade didn't happen with Kyle Lowry because Toronto was asking for way too much. So, good thing that the Sixers stayed put. But anyway, huge day for Jason Oway and company today. Woo. Uh, yeah. Uh, I th- look, it's good to do the expected. Um. Uh, and that's what Jason O. I think that's what everybody did today. I think everybody did it. I think what I expected them to do, you know, that you would hope they would do. Uh, there's, you know, Jason Oway ran a four three six. Okay, well, two years ago, Jason Oway ran a four three three. I mean, so in other words, you're hoping that he can do exactly that again. He popped out twenty one reps at at two twenty five. Great. His shuttle was phenomenal. Uh, you know. I think he showed. I think what he showed was uh, he showed some flexibility in coverage. Now that really helped. But in terms of his ability to put together numbers, he did. Okay, there's an expectation because of what they've done in the past. Take my word. Okay, I'm not downplaying any of it. It's really, really good when you know going in what they're capable of, and then they do it. That's my point. I already knew Jason Oway could crank out of time. Well, on this particular day with 31 teams there, he cranked out a typical Jason Oway time. Micah Parsons, two years ago, I want to say Micah ran 4-4-1. He ran 4-3-9 today. Great, okay. You know the shuttle run, yeah. You know the shuttle run and you know the L drill, all that stuff that you have to do. He did, he did great. Him, yeah, and he did about what I expected Micah Parsons to do. Again, Shaka Tony. Now, Shaka Tony had COVID during the winter. That's why his weight has been so, like, he's 238 at the Senior Bowl. Well, that's been the issue. He lost weight uh, with COVID. And uh, now he's recovered from it. But he put out some really good numbers today. He ran 4-5-1 in the 40s, 39-inch vertical, things like that. I thought he did a good job in the L drill. Um. Uh, a guy like uh, Lamont Way ran four four seven, which is good. That's about the number he runs. Uh, let's see, I thought in the L drill, 
again, his problem is never has been straight ahead speed. It's always been you know how does he move laterally, change direction. And I wasn't surprised in terms of the change of direction drills. He was okay because that's who he is. It's, he's been okay at it. But I think, you know, he went out and he, he, he helped himself today. Pat Fryermuth uh, did not um, do the bench press, but his shoulder is healed. And he went out and he did route running today. And guess what? To absolutely no one's shock, he's a terrific route runner. And he's a vertical threat. And there's a lot of elements that he brings to the table that you sat back and looked at and went, okay. But here's the key with all this. Right? I, you know, and I thought Will Fries gave a good account of himself today. Uh, Steven Gonzalez did 32 reps at 225 on the bench. But the bottom line is that it's really good to do the expected. And I think, you know, you have to understand that for the most part over the years, for the most part over the years, I have a pretty good idea what the testing numbers are because they do the, you know, they do testing on this all the time at Penn State. For the most part over the years, I, I pretty much have a pretty good idea what the testing numbers are. And because of that, that's why I sit there, you know, I, I think you texted me at one point. What was your text said? What day are you going to quit? I didn't know what that one meant. Um, <laughs> and you were the, you said, um, wow, on Mike and Oway. Yeah. But again, because of, you know, and I, and I think I texted you back and said it's what I expected. Exactly. Uh, and the reason, but again, that's because of the access to information. They, you know, they ran about what I thought they were going to run. They lifted by about what I thought they were going to lift. They, you know, they did drills about the way I thought they would. Same thing with with Shaka. Same thing with with Lamont. Same thing with Will. You know, you know, across the board, everybody pretty much, you know, and watching Pat run routes. They all showed exactly what you would think they are, and that's good. In other words, nothing happened. Today, where you sat back and went, "Oh man, that, that's a problem." Nobody walked out with a problem today. That was big. Now they asked Shaka about having to put up numbers and and compete against the numbers of Owe and Parsons. He says, "Well, he says, he says, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm, I'm going to out here trying to compete against a freak show." <laughs> I saw that, <laughs> and that was a perfect answer. And he had a good day too. Well, I'm saying he had a really good day. <laughs> four fives, no slouch either for a defensive lineman outside he ran linebacker. Four, he, he ran four five one. Yeah, four five one. <laughs> and remember now. Now here's another element though that needs to be discussed. When Andy Frank is on the coaches show tonight, before uh, Micah Shrewsbury, I'm going to talk to Andy about this. This is an example of, you know, look, the players have their level of dedication. You know, you see. How you can see how smart they are. Shaka's really smart. You know, Mike is smart. Jason always smart. You know, Pat, you know, Lamont Wade, smart players. But they're also well coached players. You know, the precision of a route. Brent Pry, the ability to drop his ends, Tony and Owe, on a zone blitz into coverage, which, by the way, helps your defense, but also showcases that they have done it and can do it. 
Owe didn't take up football till he was a junior. So a lot of his learning curve has been on the collegiate level. Now, Jason's very smart, which really helps. But he also has had a couple of really terrific teachers. You know, Sean Spencer and John Scott really helped. Micah had Brent Pry. He had to learn how to play linebacker in space. And Micah, you know, it doesn't take long to talk to Micah, and in, in about a minute and a half you can figure out how smart he is. Um, and he... Um, and he was able to make that adjustment. That was phenomenal that he was able to do that. Phenomenal. And it tells you a lot about him that he can do that. That's, you know, that that to me that screams volumes about him as a player. So that's the way it went today. Um, there were a couple of comments from people. They just wanted to make sure, um, based on restraining orders, that the suit was not near the building. <laughs> uh, I can't that confirm was, that. Well, no, that no, that, that request was not from the. It was from Mike Tomlin. Uh, so, because uh, Mike Tomlin was here today. And uh, Joe Judge, the head coach of the Giants, was here today. The only team not represented here today was the Rams. But remember, the Rams made the decision a while ago that they were not going to combines or pro days. That's that's been their decision. They were not going to. If Indianapolis had taken place, the Rams were not going to be represented. Now, is that because of COVID, or is that just a general philosophy now? No, it's, it's general philosophy. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> well, no, I just, I I think I talked about it when it came up. Um, but they were the only team not there today. But based on what we've seen from them lately, they don't have any draft picks anyway. <laughs> also true. Maybe that's why. <laughs> they looked around and said, oh, why bother wasting the money? <laughs> We're not going to. We go. What does that mean? Uh... <laughs> Who was there from the Eagles? I don't know. It was, it was not. It was not. It was not. It was not the coaching staff. Okay. The, the only two head coaches there, the only two head coaches there today were Joe Judge of the Giants and uh, Mike Tomlin of the Steelers. But this is a this was a showcase of the athletes themselves, a showcase of Dwight Galt, Chuck, Alvin, Jeff, Barry, the strength and conditioning staff at Penn State. They're phenomenal. And it was also a showcase of player development at Penn State today. It's a real tribute to James Franklin and the staff. They're really good at player development. I mean, I mean the two guys are like, oh, my goodness, they're really great athletes. But Jason always become a much better football player by playing here. He barely, He's barely into his career. Micah Parsons had to totally change positions and move back from the line of scrimmage. And he's got himself in this position. Because he's a terrific player athlete, but he learned how to play the spot here. 
He wouldn't talk, no, with all due respect to everybody's high school coaches, he didn't learn how to play linebacker in high school because that's not what he played. It's not anybody's fault. That's just not where he played. All right, we'll take a break. Still don't quite get what you meant in the text by, are you quitting today? And then I, I texted back no, and I received question marks. What does that mean? Yeah. <sighs> Are you this cruel at home? All right, back with... uh, (laughs) Just asking. Back with more in a moment, brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Came out of this strong. This is going to be a good time. Really does a good job of getting out there. You see them. <laughs> All right, so Howard, the number that was just posted by Penn State is 440. What did I say? That was a good number when he came out of there. That's Dave Revson and Howard Griffith. I want to tell you what a phenomenal job they did because. There are periods of time where nothing's happening. <laughs> they were phenomenal, I thought, uh, along the way. Uh, just to give you some numbers on everybody. Uh, we'll give you the numbers in the next half hour. Um, but I'll tell you, it took a long time working uh, with uh, Pat Fryermuth. Alfredo Roberts. You know who Alfredo Roberts is? He's the Steelers' tight ends coach. They took a long, hard look at Patrick Fryermuth. Thought I'd throw that in there for you. Did that for the suit. By the way, suit's still mad at the Steelers because of how they treated Troy Polamalu. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it could be worse. You could not let the analyst you work with ever talk. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. The best of new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. Great selection, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which means it is backed up by the best. 
fabulous sales staff. They work with you. The budget means everything. And the service department is tremendous. They take care of the life of the vehicle. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. The NBA trade deadline is come and gone. And that is the headline. All right. So uh, nothing of significance happened. Now, Woj will tell you 5,000 things of significance happened, and ESPN will tell you 22,000 things of significance happened. Nothing happened. By the way, George Hill did go to the Sixers. There are 30 teams in the NBA. Hill has now been with all 30. All right. So he's the only guy that's kept a like a jersey from every team he's been with. It looks like uh, a display at the uh, Naismith Hall of Fame. Here are the teams in the league. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, good player. He can help off the bench. All right, let's get to what the players did numerically today. There's nothing here that will surprise you, which is good. That is a good thing. Jason Oway. Cranked out 21 reps at 225. His vertical was 39 and a half inches. He went 136 inches on the broad jump. Ran a 4.3640. And his L drill was 683. Okay. Micah Parsons, 19 reps at 225. Vertical was 34. Broad jump, 10 feet 6 inches. Parsons, who I want to say last year, I'm sorry, two years ago, Oway ran four three three, and I think Parsons ran four four one. So he's point eight behind him. He's now point three behind him. We ran four three nine. That's the best number I've ever heard Michael Parsons put up. His L drill was pretty good, six point eight nine, just behind Oway. Pat Frymuth didn't do any of that stuff, but he ran routes. Says he'll be about full go in two to three weeks. He ran routes and he, you know, he didn't drop a thing. No surprise. And Andre Roberts, or excuse me, Alfredo Roberts, the Steelers' tight ends coach, uh, worked a lot with him during the course of the day. Hmm, interesting. Shaka, twenty-four reps at two twenty-five. Vertical was thirty-nine. I think I mentioned that earlier. Broad jump ten eight. Really good. Eldrill six point nine five. Again, you know, terrific. Michael Menon only did the bench press. He uh, repped out 26 at 225. Steven Gonzalez repped out 32 at 225. Will Fries did 24 reps at 225. Fries also had a 31-inch vertical. He ran a 5'3", uh, 340. Good. His L drill was 7.77. Lamont weighed 16 reps at 225. Vertical 35 and a half, broad jump 9 feet 10 inches. He had a good 40 time. He ran 4.47, which is about the area I expect him to be in. But here's the here for him is where the issue does come into play. He's always had a little bit of a problem with change of direction, and it shows here in the L drill. You know, you see Will Fries ran 7.77. Let's give you, let's see, Chaka Tony was 6.95 in the L drill. Lamont Wade was 714. See, that's that change of direction part. 
So that's how everybody did today, numerically. So let's hear from the participants involved. Really just keep showing the knowledge of the game. Um, keep showing in these interviews, showing that I understand coverages, understand defenses from each and day, you know, that my wealth of knowledge isn't limited just to college. Um, I'm ready to make that transition to outside linebacker. That's what teams want me to do, you know. It's more than just X's and O's. It's a lot more in-depth stuff when you get to the NFL. You know, I just want to show them I'm capable of understanding it. That was that was Elway, wasn't it? Uh, that was Shaka. Oh, Shaka. Yeah, well, Shaka, by the way, Shaka, Shaka was dropped into coverage more and more in zone blitzes, and Jack and I thought he did really well with it. Really did. Um, and Owe can shown that he can do it as well, which helps. But it is today was quite a showcase. If you wonder about by Parsons running his uh, four three nine. He did it at 246 pounds. How about that? I mean, 246 pounds. That gives hope to the guy in the corner office. <laughs> no? Um, no, because I, I pitched our... 40 time idea and it was laughably shot down imagine having an opportunity to do something for charity to help those with <laughs> he less says, than we do he says nobody wants to see that oh contraire mon frere <laughs> <laughs> now if you're wondering now we talk about Jason Oway at 4.36 40 yard dash and everything okay and we all know Jason's 6'5". He, you know what his, his his weight was going into today? 257. He did all that at 257 pounds. Yikes. Yikes. But again, okay, the advantage is, you know, I've no... Now I want to get to the part that, that to me, was tough today. Because a guy that would have turned in a 40-time that really would have helped himself and it would have been eye-popping. And it just hurts so much to even think about it. It's Journey Brown. You know what Journey Brown's number was two years ago in testing? 4.29. 4.29. Just behind... uh, KJ Hamler and okay, here's a, here's a question for everybody. Timing wise, in the forty, who's the fastest guy in the Penn State football team? You can do it. Journey. No, and not and KJ was faster than him, but if. Was four two seven. This guy, believe it or not, ran a four two five. True heart lob. Wow. Yeah. 
How about that? So, there you go. There you go. It's, uh, that was, uh, That's one a lot of people don't expect. What? Who? You wonder why he's a gunner on special teams? <laughs> he's the first guy down there. What was the game he recovered a fumble? Was it Rutgers? Just got down there so fast. Man, he can move. All right. I'm going to read you something here. So, in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break good friend of mine sent me this article in the Wall Street Journal uh, to the guy in the corner office. That's a financial paper. We'll come back with more. What? <laughs> I'm just here to help. Here on, <laughs> here on News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Michael Parsons now running his 40. That looks like a strong time as well. So Parsons, we know where he is headed, right? This is a top-of-the-draft guy. Uh, he ran a 4-4-1 there, Howard. So, again, I mean, these are exceptional times. I wanted that 4-3 bad. Come out here and get it, that meant everything. As soon as I my get-off, as soon as I came out, I said, I got this. All I had to do was cruise on it. You know, I could just go out there and tell him, hey, um, you know, I was 17, 18. We all made mistakes. We were all young. Um, you live and learn. You know, I'm not going to let something that happened between when I was a freshman, junior in high school, senior high school affect me now. Um, you know, I got a son in this world. I want to become the best father, the best man I could be and give him a life I never had. So, you know, uh, I can only control what I can do moving forward. So I'm going to control what I can control. And, you know, from there, go on to be the best person I can be. Micah Parsons. He ended up running officially 4-3-9. That's why he's at the 4-3 part. meant a lot to him. He did it. He got 4-3-9. Uh, you hear a lot about him, and you heard a lot about him in high school. When you actually have a chance to talk to him, it doesn't take you but more than seconds to like him. And I, I had a walk on him. I'm not going to get into who the player was. Mikey came over, said hi to me one day at a practice, whatever, you know. And and he walked away, and I was standing with one of the walk-ons who had been banged up but wasn't practicing that day. And he said, he said, you know, Mr. Jones, he says, I didn't know what to think when he got here. He says, you know, you hear a lot about him. He says, man, he's a great guy. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it was good to hear. Here's a story from the Wall Street Journal uh, memo to the corner office. A, they do a lot of financial stuff in that paper. It's, <laughs> it's a big national paper. Eddie Robinson got his vaccine shot and went to spring training. He also hosts a podcast. For Eddie Robinson, 2020 marked the end of an almost unimaginable streak. He did not attend a Major League Baseball game for the first time since 1945 thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. Robinson also had a good reason for missing baseball games back in the early 40s. 
He was an active major leaguer who then served three years in the Navy during World War II before rejoining the Cleveland Indians in 1946. Ever since then, he has, as he puts it, stood up for more national anthems than most people as a player, scout, coach, executive, now a fan. Now remember, this is the same Eddie Robinson who was the GM of the Braves and the Rangers at one point in his career. Robinson today is the oldest living Major League Baseball player. He celebrated his 100th birthday in December by sitting in a tent on the golf course across from his home in Fort Worth, Texas, and greeting friends and family from a safe distance. He's kept himself busy. At the age of 99, he decided to start hosting a podcast, <laughs> The Golden Age of Baseball with Eddie Robinson. Now at age 100, he's still doing it. But after a year lost to the pandemic, he wanted to get back to the ballpark. So after receiving his COVID-19 vaccine, Robinson took advantage of his new protection earlier this month the best way he knew how, by hopping on a plane to Phoenix with his wife, Betty, whom he's been married to for 65 years, and they went to a couple of Texas Rangers spring training games. And I stood up for the national anthem, he said in a recent telephone interview. Remember, he stood up at the age of 100. Robinson spent 13 seasons as a first baseman for seven of the eight American League teams that existed during his career. The only one he didn't play for was the Red Sox. During that time, he had himself a nice career. He had 268, 1,146 hits, 172 home runs. He made the All-Star team four times, 1949, 51, 52, and 53. He had 20 homers or more four times in his career, and three different times he drove in over 100 runs. His top-out number was 117 in 1951 for the White Sox. He played against Jackie Robinson of the Miners in 1946 when Robinson was with the Montreal Royals. That's a year before Robinson broke the color barrier. He won the World Series with the Indians in 1948. That's the last Indians team to win it. He played alongside a young Mickey Mantle with the Yankees from 54 to 56. He then became the GM of the Braves and the GM of the Rangers in in the 70s and 80s. His recent trip to Arizona conjured up plenty of memories. He went to spring training there in 1958, working in player development with the Orioles. Back then, Scottsdale was back roads, says gravel. He says downtown was a blacksmith shop, two saloons. Now, remember, Scottsdale's where we stayed for the Fiesta Bowl. I can assure you. (laughs) It's all built up now, (laughs) as Eddie Robinson explains. His baseball memories extend... So deep. For many years, he was in possession of a 1956 home run ball that Mantle blasted off the facade at Yankee Stadium, one of the longest blasts ever hit in the Bronx. In the clubhouse after the game, Mantle yelled across the room, asking Robinson if he wanted to display the ball in the restaurant he owned in Baltimore. Robinson obliged, and Mantle signed it for him. Robinson also played a key role in one of the great photographs ever. That shot of Babe Ruth... His last day in uniform for the Yankees in 1948 when he was honored. They show him at home plate leaning on the bat. That's Eddie Robinson's bat. He said that Ruth seemed unsteadied. So because he seemed unsteady, he let him borrow the bat. Ruth then signed the bat. That also was part of his memorabilia. He's eventually since sold both. Then when Robinson played in the World Series in 48, six games took an average of exactly two hours to complete. To beat. That's the average. The shortest game between the Dodgers and the Rays last October was three hours and 14 minutes. From the time Robinson returned to Cleveland in 1946 until his retirement after the 57 season, there were 25 total incidents 
of a player striking out 100 times total. In 2019, there were 161. Baseball's a game of home runs and strikeouts, Robinson said. I don't think it'll go back. I guess the fans will love it that way. Baseball's evolution has not turned Robinson away from the sport. The game was his primary form of entertainment for much of 2020 when he was largely confined to his house. He and his wife own a pecan farm about three hours south of where but they have not been there in a year because of the pandemic. Once baseball returned from its hiatus in July, life improved somewhat for Robinson. He and Betty watch every Rangers game after dinner on their 65-inch TV, a nightly tradition that has turned into a heck of a good time of second-guessing, he said. Oh, good. He must be in your house. If Robinson ever becomes frustrated with baseball in 2021, he can always fall back on a lifetime of stories he has from his playing career. The best player he ever saw? Joe DiMaggio. But the best part, he says, was the players he played with and against. DiMaggio, Mantle, Yogi Berra, Ted Williams, and many more. Here's this last sentence, which is really important. We used to have real fun playing baseball. I don't think they have that much fun today. It's the business part of it. business part takes a lot of fun out of it. That's what I, you know. But how about that? Age of 100. And second guessing. I mean, imagine if he was an Eagles fan. Yeah. There'd be a lot more regrets and second guesses. You were hoping I'd say Howie Roseman was here today. Would have made me feel more comfortable, yeah. <laughs> there are other people in the organization capable of doing things. The Eagles were here today. Well, that's good. At least somebody was there. Here. Well, no. Like I said, every team was there except the uh, L.A. Rams. I'm going to talk with Frank Bodani in the next half hour. <laughs> uh, you know. Didn't want to bring up Howie Roseman. That was a sore subject. <laughs> but Mike Tomlin was here today, and he's looking over his shoulder. I said, "You okay?" He goes, "He says he's not here, is he?" I said, "No, no, he's back in the corner <laughs> office." <laughs> you should have seen how relaxed he was after that. You know, he says, "Now I can really evaluate guys." Good. I'm glad that, for that the letter sake. Well, no, that letter he wrote that he wanted me to give to him, I didn't do it. <laughs> Anything that's given to you, I want them to read it, and it's and, it, and it's in a large manila envelope that's an inch thick that looks like it could potentially be a dossier. I hesitate. Might I dare say the word? Could it have been a manifesto? I don't know. <laughs> this is my Steelers manifesto. <laughs> what I think the organization should be doing. Evaluations of each player. <laughs> oh, come on. You do the same thing to Howie Roseman. Well, 